open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host of Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. We have a great interview today with Nimrod Lahavi. He's founder and CEO of Simplex, uh, simplex.cc. Welcome to the podcast, Levy. Hi. How did you get involved in the Bitcoin community? Well, um, I think it was about two or two and a half years ago. I was working in a previous startup, so I couldn't get really engaged, but I read about it and I just found it to be like code poetry was so well organized and well thought of. So I just, I, I knew I had to do something with it. At the time, I didn't do anything except buying just a bit. Uh, but when the previous startups shut down, I knew I was going to do something with Bitcoin, uh, for Bitcoin, for the ecosystem. I found the ecosystem to be, again, at the time, now it's a bit less, but it, at the time it was really fun to be in it. All the entrepreneurs were still very happy to share and help with everything. So it was, uh, and it was very clear to me that it's a, uh, complete change in in the way you think and the way you can do things in the online world so i was absolutely sure it's something i want to be involved in it's not something i can sit out yeah the code is just so elegant so what does simplex do and where are you guys based like where are you from you know what 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 product and service are you offering to the market that really kind of helps build it out so currently, Simplex allows Bitcoin exchanges, cloud mining companies, and companies uh, selling Bitcoin in different methods like prepaid cards of uh, Bitcoin and stuff like that. We allow all of them to accept credit cards. Today, almost none of them actually accept credit cards. The ones that do suffer a lot of fraud. Most of them are not able to do that for two main reasons. One is the fraud, which is uh, has a huge cost with it. Uh, so only the big ones like Circle can afford it. But the other one is the compliance and uh, regulatory issues. Because they're not a regulated bodies, because there's no actual regulation in place for Bitcoin companies, they just can't work with any bank. So we're coming in the middle and we're providing processing services for credit cards. But we're providing very specific processing service in which the exchange basically never sees the chargeback. So even if there was a fraudulent chargeback, they still receive the money. We're able, uh, relying on our experience and knowledge and uh, technology that we developed, we're able to mitigate the risk in a way that we hardly see any fraud passing us. So the exchange can start accept credit cards, so the user can buy with a credit card, and the exchange still has a peace of mind that it doesn't see the chargeback. So you have these indemnification agreements in place so that exchanges, other Bitcoin companies are able to accept the credit cards with yep. absolutely no chargeback risk at all. No you guys fraud take, chargeback. Yeah, yeah no take, fraud chargeback. We take, it's a, it's a no chargeback guarantee. There are three types of uh, chargebacks. The fraud one is the real problematic one because that's something that you just can't fight. The other two are technical, like I got charged twice or something like that, which is easy to solve. 
the third one is uh, service oriented. Like I didn't get exactly what I wanted. Uh, it's not the right amount. It's not the right address or stuff like that, which is easy to prove and easy to fix based on customer service. So we're tackling the, the real problem and the real issue. And we see tons of fraud. We're just able to, to mitigate and, and filter it out from the system. So how's the business growing? Like, what, what are you seeing across the Bitcoin ecosystem? It's growing very nicely. We launched about uh, four and a bit uh, months with uh, just a few companies to start with, a few small ones. We processed close to a million bucks so far, which I think brings huge value to the ecosystem. I mean, it's a million dollars that otherwise would have not been, at least not so easily, changed into Bitcoin. So I think it, it brings uh, a lot of value. I also think that, especially in the US, I think that people are very much used to buying with a credit card. You don't want to give ACH access to your account. You definitely don't want to make a wire transfer. You just want to go online and buy. Now, another super important implication on the mass usage of Bitcoin is that today when you're doing a wire transfer, it's almost always above a thousand bucks. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense with the fees. Now, if you're always above a thousand bucks, you're always required for a full KYC, meaning you need to provide a passport or other identity documents. Now, that's basically the threshold for these requirements. So if you're all of a sudden able to buy 200 bucks worth of Bitcoin, you're not required for the, these papers. So all the, the long tail of Bitcoin that up until now wasn't really able to buy, will be able to buy. So the more exchanges that work with us, we're able to provide better terms take the commission down, better payment uh, uh, terms for the exchanges, so everybody wins. Yes, we got more, uh, you could say, backwards compatibility between Bitcoin and the credit cards. We're able to you know, lower the barriers to entry for people yeah. acquiring Absolutely. new Bitcoin. It's Absolutely. making it easy to buy it. Absolutely, and I think that most people want, first of all, before they commit to a large amount, they want to buy like 50 bucks or 100 bucks and just use it somewhere, see that it's actually useful for other things that they see in the media. Like, you know, I'm not going to buy drugs with it. I'm going to buy pizza. I'm going to pay for my haircut. I'm going to send it to a friend who paid the restaurant bill. And it's actually useful and it's actually fun. And it's actually easy and it's so easy to pay with it online that I'm going to just buy tons of it and then I'm just going to pay with it online. So how do you guys guard against this fraud that goes on with the credit cards because, you know, Bitcoin's irreversible. You know, if you let people buy Bitcoins with the credit cards and then they withdraw the credit cards yep. from the exchange, like you're not getting those funds back. So yep. there's not a lot of room for error. Like how Absolutely. do you guys guard against all that? So it's an existing methodology in e-commerce. There are a few companies doing that uh, for e-commerce. Again, it's, it's easier there because the loss is not 100% like in Bitcoin. And they have some uh, margin of error because of uh, the delivery time of the products, usually. But uh, again, it, it's doable. It's doable in the sense that you're we're collecting, let's say, roughly three thousand data points per transaction. The, all the obvious ones, you know, your email, your IP address, uh, the, the address in your uh, verification documents, and we cross-reference everything that we can get our hands on meaning that we're collecting a lot of data. And then we our, our mechanism, our automatic system is reviewing the data and basically saying whether it's safe or not. Currently, if it's not safe, we just say no. Or we give you an additional verification mechanism like send us a selfie with your credit card or something like that if you still want, because we want to improve the service. We want to allow as many people as possible to complete the transaction and buy Bitcoin. 
What type of rates are you seeing of just transactions that get declined, uh, ones that have to like kind of get escalated where they're sending in the picture or the selfie? I mean, what are we looking at in terms of overall conversion rates with people being able to attempt to buy with a credit card and then actually being able to buy? Most of them are able to buy. It's, it's actually pretty clear cut. It's about 30% rejection. Total. Total. From that, I'd say 25 is very clear fraud. And the five are kind of, we're not sure, so we prefer to reject. But it's, again, it's just like in other markets. You know, if they keep sending you emails with stupid claims, it means they're fraudsters. Like we had cases in which uh, someone sent us an email, you know, I'm, uh, I'm writing an article in uh, Cryptocurrency Network, uh, one of the blogs. So you better make it really fast, the improvement for the credit. I mean, it's, it's you know, basic uh, uh, social engineering trials on, on our support. But again, at least so far, we've done pretty good. That's really kind of funny that uh, someone would be masquerading as a journalist saying, oh, we're going yeah. to create you negative PR if yeah, you don't exactly. let us uh, uh, engage in the fraud. <laughs> I mean, what's like a real big red flag <laughs> to yeah, like, identify, right? Just like, uh, you know, just like the uh, Nigerian uh, sting schemes, they're, they're, the, the emails on purpose include spelling mistakes and grammar mistakes so only the really gullible fools would fall for it that's why they the, their funnel is not loaded with people who will reject them later so that's <laughs> the way they filter it so i mean, I mean they're pros they're yep. not coming to play yeah they're they're, they're filtering for stupidity that's, exactly, who, that's exactly, who they're exactly, after <laughs> exactly and they're pros they're doing it because they're good it, at it yeah. yeah it's tightening the funnel so you have better results at the end yeah applying some of these uh, sales principles to the fraud side <laughs> so Pays not to be stupid. Yeah. Unfortunately, absolutely. there's not really any fix for that. You can't <laughs> like you can't just take a pill and like fix, fix it, right? <laughs> well, that's what it used to be, right? But now, as we transition from the industrial to the information age, the industrial age, our tools and inventions largely multiplied the power of our muscles. But now, our tools are multiplying the power of our minds. Are you finding that it's perhaps just a few particular trouble causers that are the, re- the the real cause of a lot of the these fraud rates. I mean, are you not really? It's it's spread pretty it's much spread all pretty over the widely. World. Yeah. Do you think that's one of the reasons why it's easier to kind of uh, identify where the fraud is? You're dealing with stupid criminals. No, the 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 criminals, at least to a certain extent, some of them are not stupid at all. They're just um, they're focusing their efforts where it's working. So if they see the see that our mechanism is good enough, they'll just go elsewhere. Yeah, they're like, wow. Yeah, it's it's just like burglary. You know, if you have a dog or a fence and your neighbor doesn't, guess where the burglar is going to go? Yeah. You know, we see cybersecurity being just such a major issue. Home Depot, major banks are losing millions of customer records. Do you think that the Bitcoin industry, by the sheer nature of our asset being so desirable for the thieves, being irreversible, uh, that it's causing the industry to just rise to this really high standard of performance. Otherwise, they just lose the money and they have to go I out of business. I guess it is. I think that the, the real problem is always the human factor, right? And uh, with the, the bigger organizations have a huge problem. There was just a, a research by Gartner, perhaps, I don't, one of the big research companies, can you guess what's the average time an organization knows about a data leak or a hack to their systems? 
Oh, probably guess. months. Uh, I, I don't know. 380 days. Oh, that's over a year. Yeah. <laughs> so it means every organization you work with has been hacked, pretty much. And they don't even and know And they it. don't even know it for a year. Yeah. It means that they can't even defend or can't stop it or definitely can detect the, the, the problem. So they might have keyloggers everywhere. So everything is compromised. And I think with uh, Bitcoin, again, the problem is the human factor. So, and I mentioned it in, in the panel, I think that the evolution of it will be automatic payments because then there's nowhere. So if your car is paying the parking lot or the meter or whatever, there's no error there. And you settle the, the transaction immediately. Same with, and again, I'm connecting it with both security and with cybersecurity and with internet of things. So I'm just you know, overloading all the buzzwords. Uh, imagine your air conditioning unit or your smart lock paying the electricity bill with a private key of, your, of the address that you define to it. So you're paying the bill and you're making sure that only you with a private key are using the air conditioning unit. So it solves the, the huge security problem with the internet of things. And the payment side as well. And it's, I think it's going to contribute to the adoption of Bitcoin as well to bigger organizations. And it's just so much more efficient. And at the end yeah. of the day, like we're able to automate a lot of things, exactly. which frees up human labor. We used to have to wash everything by hand before electricity. Yeah. Now a lot of people just don't have to do that. Which is somewhat a problem because, uh, the, as you said, the, the sillier people don't have much to do now. Exactly. You know, horse populations have been on decline since, exactly. the, uh, since the horseless <laughs> exactly. carriage came Now what's going to happen in a few years when you're going to have automatic cars? I read somewhere that it's going to be 7 million people out of a job. Yeah, well, think of all the Uber drivers that, yeah. uh, that are getting replaced. They should replaced. learn how to code immediately. <laughs> There's always a shortage of that. There, there, isn't that true? There's always, yeah, always. a shortage of developers. Always. What's kind of one of the funniest stories that you've uh, come across in Bitcoin or, or observed or watched? Well, we've seen some really funny fraud trials. As I said, one of the escalations of uh, otherwise uh, rejected transaction is send us a selfie with a credit card. So we, you see some people going berserk about privacy. They don't want to send us, come on, guys, you just gave us everything. You gave us your passport, your credit card details, everything. And I don't want to send us a selfie. So, you know, it's, it's kind of absurd. And uh, naturally, I mean, we see that the, some pictures got heavily photoshopped, heavily, like uh, a guy holding his credit card in the selfie, but you can see the digits of the credit card through his finger. So it's <laughs> stuff that's really hard to understand. But uh, How about uh, any masks? Anybody wearing like the big horse head mask or uh, dressed not, up? Not the big horse, but definitely putting a projector, like a huge light behind their face so you can't see anything. Yeah, it's <laughs> really, it's, yeah. And they, they actually expect this to work, huh? Yeah. But again, I mean, as soon as it doesn't, they just leave. And you, you can see, I mean, in our graphs, you can see, like, specific attacks. And another, I find it funny, at least we have the, the services definite. Of course, it's not running from the servers providing the kind of a marketing website. But still, the marketing website is getting DDoS all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, come on, guys, what do you think you're going to get out of it? Just because it says Bitcoin in the website? Kind of crazy. Have you uh, traveled over much of the world uh, in, in your Bitcoin travels? You've seen much of the community or met much of it all over the world. Any thoughts on, on how the community is developing? I think it's, well, in Israel, we have a very big community. Um, and are you based out of where? Israel. Tel, Tel Aviv? Yeah, or, Tel Aviv okay. in Israel. Um, we have thousands of people on the Facebook group, like 5,000, I think, uh, which is pretty big considering the size of Israel. Yeah. I think that 
I don't know. I think it's kind of the, this is the time when where it separates the the men and the children because of the rate being so low for so long. I think it's only the I'm not sure if it's the actual believers because I think it's more than a belief. I think that I can see a way in which cryptocurrency fails because it's an actual solution for an actual algorithmic problem that you know it's it's a change, not something that someone can undo. How will they cope with it regulation-wise, tax-wise? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a change. It's going to happen. Yeah, just like the internet, just like just personal like, computers, just yeah, like even, smartphones. Yeah, even look at this at the smaller thing, at torrents. Yeah. They're illegal, but still. <laughs> they're here. Exactly. They're here. They're doing, I don't know, what percentage of traffic I read somewhere. Uh, 25% that, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, something of like the entire different. internet traffic. Exactly. So I think the, the community is very different from place to place. I've been to... Amsterdam and Berlin and in the U.S. have been uh, both in New York and San Francisco. I think in, in the U.S., because of the, the so big amount of money invested in it, it's still very, it's considered almost mainstream here. Whereas in Israel, to raise funds for a Bitcoin company is, I wouldn't say impossible, but it's pretty close to that. I'm guessing Europe is pretty hard as well. Don't see many companies there not self-funded by, again, by strong believers in the market, uh, mostly early early movers. Is part of that just due to the tech industries in general in those areas? I mean, do you have, do you have other startups to get funded? I mean, Silicon Valley is just kind of famous for, you know, funding every crazy idea. Yeah. Like, do we, do we just get lots of tech startups in Tel Aviv? Or Tel Aviv is, uh, yeah, it's, it's second only to San Francisco with regards to uh, startups in general, not even per, per amount of people around, but just second. Yeah, I think that there are still huge ideas that we just haven't heard of coming out of China for sure. Um, there's a lot of adoption there. Uh, I spoke with uh, with Huabi CEO yesterday briefly uh, through an interpreter because he doesn't have uh, really good English, but they're, they're hardly interested in what's going on outside of China because there's so much there. What What's, what's going on? Any examples just, of just stuff? The, the volume there is almost enough. I mean, I told him about our service and he said, yeah, it's nice that you serve worldwide, with, but we're more interested in China. What I mean, what type of volumes are... Hobbies. China, China do. again, it, it's really depending because everybody's saying they're cheating in their graphs, but but still, I mean, them and OKCoin and BTC China are still, you know, they, they hold, I don't know, a third of the market, half of the market. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And any of the news is in like these characters that nobody can read, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there was a huge story there with the mining. You heard about it? Uh, no. I mean, I know that we have a lot of mining in China, but no, not so sure which story. One of story the bigger operation, I think Amash or something, they got traded by mobsters pretty much. Wow. Took over two of their facilities. Holy cow. One of the guys is gone. Yeah. That's that's another podcast, though. After you did <laughs> some research, it's it's crazy well, story. Boy, isn't that a story? <laughs> more more story. cloak and dagger in the Bitcoin yeah, land. <laughs> Literally cloak and dagger. Literally. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, you know, on a brighter night, let's not end on a morbid, somber <laughs> note, but uh, on a on a brighter note, what are you most optimistic about this? You've already kind of said, you know, it it's inevitable. This is a technological change. It will be adopted. Like, so, you know, what are you most optimistic about in this uh, new world that we're entering? I think that in, let's say, four years is my magic number. It's mainstream, fully regulated. Uh, replacing credit cards online in any place 
where the merchant is stronger because I think it's it's more of a cash substitute for online where the user, the, the, the client is still stronger, it's going to stay as credit cards because they want to maintain the power of uh, chargebacks and you know, getting good enough service, uh, customer protection and all that. For Simplex specifically, the moment that it's uh, even close to mainstream, we'll be able to provide fraudless payment processing for the entire e-commerce as well based on our systems. Because let's face it, we're practicing in the, the, the toughest neighborhood. We're practicing our systems on Bitcoin. So by definition, everything is easier. And uh, using our database, our system, our knowledge, we'll be able to facilitate no fraud payments worldwide to everybody. If you can deal with the Bitcoin fraudsters, then, yeah. uh, then I mean, you're playing, yeah. playing a game, right? Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. Gladly. Uh, we've had Nimrod Lahavi founder and CEO of Simplex. Uh, thanks for being with us. Gladly. Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share Bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise, spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate.